So we, last week we started a new series which we call, for those who are tech, tech savvy, hashtag relationship goal. Pastor Greg said he is in the middle, he's neither young nor old, and so he has a bit of understanding. I'm a little bit above, nearer to old than young. I actually don't know the meaning of hashtag. I don't do it. I, I think it's in Twitter or something, but I don't even have a Twitter account. I don't know what it is about. I think Facebook and WhatsApp is just enough for me. <laughs> uh, but what we want to bring out of that topic is that God has a goal for every relationship that we have and we build. And last week we saw an aspect of that relationship in marriage as we went through the book of Song of Songs or Songs of Solomon, as some people will call it. Today we're going to look at friendship. That is the topic that we're going to be considering. And we're going to see the greatest love that God showed in being our friends. This morning, if you have followed the songs we have been singing, and thank you very much, Adam, for choosing those songs, they are very, very significant and important. And if you want, you can actually speak to them and get a copy of that song so that you can go over and over them again because I think they are quite, apart from just singing it, they are quite amazing. They, they are quite uh, deep in what they are speaking to us this morning, talking to us about the love of God, God's love, and before you were even able to say, I'm sorry, he has shown that love to you. That's, that's what we want to consider this morning about friendship. How many of us, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but how many of you know who your best friend is? And you can confidently say, this is my best friend. And you look out for each other. How much joy does that give you? How much joy does, do you have by knowing that somebody is your best friend? And why, do, why does that give you joy? I want to unpack some of those reasons this morning. Um, I want to first read from the book of John chapter 15, verse 13 to 17. For this week... Uh, in line with our theme, I will encourage you to also read from the book of Song of Songs, chapter 4. If you read the entire chapter 4. Um, if you don't have Bible, please, if you look underneath the chair in front of you, there should be a copy of the Bible there. You can grab it. I'm not sure the words are going to be coming up this morning. Um, but I, I want to read to us the, from John 15, verse 13 to 17. 
The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. I'm reading from the ESV version. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And when and the other passage I will read quickly, it's Proverbs 18, verse 24. Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. And you can put a woman there. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. As I have mentioned earlier, uh, before I go into the world, I want to remind us that this evening, by the grace of God, there's going to be a celebration and testimony about what happened in our communities. So please uh, make effort to be here this evening. I pray that the weather will permit all of us to be able to do so. Um, when we talk about love, love is a word that unfortunately has lost its meaning these days because it's been employed in ways that does not actually send the real message of love. Sometimes, because we love somebody, we refuse to correct them so we don't want to hurt them. Somebody asked the question, what kind of love is that? Sometimes we do things for our own selfish reason and we say, that's love. Um, sometimes we misunderstand the meaning of love and I just want to go through the, the Greek word. There are four Greek words that talk about love. And, but I want to concentrate on the real love this morning and how that can be expressed in friendship. Um, there is the first Greek word which is interpreted as storge, which is affection or love that parents have to their children. It's a natural and common love. It's very, very rare to have parents who hate their children, even when they are pain. When that child is a problem, the love is still in parent towards their children. That is a natural one that God gave us. But it's not deeper enough, and I'll explain that later. There is the love described as filio or filia, which is affectionate regard, 
like friendship type of love between one person and the other. It's usually a dispassionate, virtuous love that binds friends together, make them to be friendly, like we have in the case of Jonathan and David in the Bible. And then the love that is commonly described and used these days, which people equate with love, is the eros, the love where is mostly of sexual passion, a kind of intimate love, is a love that you initially feel for a person and with contemplation and thinking on it, you focus on the beauty within that person uh, rather than deeper love. And that's what I call the type of selfish love because it's love over what you think you want to get or what you can get. But the real love is the agape love. Is the love that transcends ordinary, that is beyond, it's not because of something, but it's a love that is unconditional. The type of love that we have been singing about this morning, that God has for his children. It's unconditional. In fact, we should be, as the Bible says, object of wrath. Where in the way we live, in the way we behave, in the way we interact with ourselves, with one another, we so much cause God pain that what he should have done is to destroy us. However, because his love is not conditional, it's not because you are good, therefore God is going to be good to you. It's not because you are kind, therefore God is going to be kind to you. No. The love of God is because of who he is, if you want to have a reason. God loves you for who he is. And it's an unconditional love. That's why as we sang this morning, when, before you were even able to say, I'm sorry, Lord, he has already forgiven you. As we read in that Bible, it's a greater love that no one can have, that Christ willingly surrender his life for his friends. So what is friendship? If you want me to tell you. Friendship is a relationship of mutual affection between people. And that, I will use sometimes, the type of relationship I want to talk about is between you and God, which I'm going to get to. But friendship is just mutual affection between two people that makes you to go along. As C.S. Lewis says, a friend is somebody who, when I'm saying something, he quickly understands. And he says, oh, ha-ha, that's what you're saying. That's friendship. I've had people say, I don't have time for friendship because my life is very busy. Uh, I've had it from men. I've had it from ladies who 
think they can go alone in life. Uh, somebody said, I like, I like my own company. I enjoy my own company. I, I think it's not real. I think it's not true. I think it's a lie, if I want to be blunt. For you to say you enjoy your company and you don't need friends, because God wired us so that we cannot be an island on ourselves. We cannot live in isolation. So all of us, deep inside of us, the way we are made is to have friendship, is to enjoy friendship. People who say, I enjoy my own company, do you know what I tell them? Is they are lazy. Because friendship involves hard work. You need to make input. And if you enjoy your own company, you're just damn lazy. You don't want to give anything. You don't want to put in anything. That's why you enjoy your own company. But then you end up being very, very miserable. Because you're not made to enjoy only your own company. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with enjoying your company. That's good. But if you carry on doing that every day, you become mad. Because you end up talking to yourself and you end up giggling and laughing to yourself. And if a psychiatrist sees you, they have a name for it. So you are not made to just enjoy your company. We're made to relate. That's what uh, God built relationship in us. So let's look at some of the reasons why friendship is important. The first reason is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. If you want to grow spiritually, you need friends. It's your friend, especially you need a good friend. And please, attract good friendship into your life. Friend, and I'm talking of real friend, because there are people we call friend, but who are just our acquaintances. They just, they talk to you. They come to you when they need something from you. But real friends are people who we tell you things that no other person will be able to tell you, but they are true about you. So for spiritual growth, you need friendship. The second reason is you need friendship for emotional support. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burden, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. You need somebody that you can lean on, somebody who will understand you, give you that support that can carry you through. Otherwise, life itself is hard enough and you need people to give you that support. You will enjoy a better health by, being, by, have, by having friendship. And this is how it works, especially for those of us who are believers. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sin to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay, Rick Warren says, if you really, really want to, if all you do every time is to confess your sins only to God, all you're asking for is just forgiveness. But if you want healing and wholeness, 
you don't stop at confessing your sin to God, you confess to someone else so that you can be healed. Number four reason is we're made to have relationship. If you read from the book of Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says, and God said it is not good for the man to be alone. We, I know we tend to equate that only to being in marriage. But actually, God says everything that God made, all the animal that he called into being, male and female, until he came to a man and he just made the man. And he saw that it is no good for that man to be alone. And I'm using the word man generically here now. It's no good for you to be alone. That's why he made a companion for you as a friend. And if, if the, the, the final reason I would give is if you want to reach the goal of your life, then you need friends. If your life goal is what only you can manage, then it's small. But if you have a huge and big goal in life, you need the help of friends. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, the two are better than one because they will have what? Great reward for all their toil. So two are better than one. So you need friends if you really want to achieve a great goal, especially for God. And when you've chosen the right kind of friend, you will reap some benefits from it. Some benefit of friendship is you get nourished by your friend. I'm, I'm not talking only of physically, but spiritually. Your friend nudges you, encourages you, keep you going when you're discouraged. Sometimes life can be hard. Sometimes life can be difficult. No matter how hard-working you are, no matter how clever you are, sometimes life comes in and makes things very difficult for you. You need a friend, a friend that can nudge you on, that can keep telling you, keep going, keep going, encouraging you. That, that's benefit of friendship. You get great encouragement. Sometimes you need somebody to pull you out of where you are, to unstock you where you are, and friends do that. Good friendship will give you the opportunity to keep going. Um, I remember that when I first came to the UK, life was completely different from what I, I was used to. I was totally, that was my first time of leaving my country, Nigeria. And I chose the wrong time to come to Britain. I came in, in, in winter. I landed here on the 1st of March. And it was cold. I think we used to have proper winter in those days. It, it was extremely cold. It was really, really cold. I, I left Lagos in Nigeria with a, a temperature of 36 degrees centigrade. And then I landed in Heathrow, no, Gatwick Airport. My, the temperature was minus two. And you can see the difference. And, and I dressed just like this. 
<laughs> it wasn't this one. It was my wedding suit. <laughs> and that temperature was so cold. Obviously, inside the airport, it was not a problem. Uh, but when I got out, and then I saw people, it's like one million people moving in different directions. Nobody was listening to my question because I got totally confused and lost. And after about seeing different things for six weeks, I've had enough of Britain. So I decided to just go back to Nigeria because I... I just abandoned the training I came for. I just thought, well, I can't carry on with this. But for the help of friends who encouraged me to carry on, perhaps my plan and my, my God-given plan would have been scuttled by myself because it was just too difficult for me. So that's one of the reasons why you need friends. You need friends to nudge you on, to encourage you. You need a friend as a shoulder you can lean on when things become stormy and difficult. I, I think some people who say they don't need friend are short-sighted. I think they are arrogant. I think they are proud. And I think they are damn right stupid. Because what happened is they have not considered change in their situation that might come or that will come. And so they take a decision upon what's going on now and say, I don't have, I don't need friend. Sometimes we also complain that nobody wants to be my friend. I, I also disagree with you if you have that reason. Nobody, I, I have had somebody who says he wants to leave this church before because nobody came to say hello to them. And my question was, have you really said hello to somebody? And they say, well, I'm a timid person. And I just say, well, how many people are as timid as you are? So maybe that's why nobody came to say hello to you. I'm not giving excuse for not doing what we should be doing. But if you are playing the victim role as nobody visits me, nobody is my friend, how many people are you friendly to? How many people have you visited? How many people have you invited for lunch? Have you made effort to befriend to people? These are the challenges I want you to think about. Because it's not just enough to whinge, to complain, to say nobody, be, um, nobody is my friend. I think you can make the initiative of being a friend to somebody. How can we build a good friendship? How can we build a good friendship? As I said earlier on, people who don't want, who says I'm okay with myself, I don't, is that I said they're lazy. Because first, to build a good friendship, you need to invest your time and your energy. It's an investment. Friendship is an investment. You need to invest time. You need to invest your energy so that you can become friends of people. Don't wait for people to be your friend. Make yourself available. I know we have different character traits. I know we have different personality. And some people, somebody says, if I was asked to stand up in the church for people to greet me, I would be mortified. And I said, well, it's just because nobody has asked you. 
Because if they ask you, you die, we pray for you, and you come back to life. And then it becomes easy for you. Basically, make yourself available. Make yourself open to people so that, and invest your time in other people's life. That's how you, bring, you build relationship. That's how you, bring, you, bring, uh, you build friendship. And one major ingredient of good friendship is trust, okay? And trust is not something that is given to you. Trust is something you earn. Trust is something that you gain. And how do you gain somebody's trust? How do you earn their trust? By being trustworthy yourself. By being reliable. See, I have friends that I know when I tell them things, it's safe. I know when they tell me things, it's safe. Over time, over many years, we have understood each other and it's clear that this person, when they say they will come by 10, if they don't make it on the dot of 10, they will be there by quarter past 10. That's friendship. That's how you can build trust in people. And trust requires loyalty. Okay, if you're loyal to your friend, they build trust in you. Okay. By being selfless, if you are a selfless person to your friend, they build trust in you. And if they know that their confidence is safe, if they tell you something, you're not a gossip. You don't go about, you don't tell people what somebody else told you. And there are many ways as Christians we can actually gossip, which is, which is something I would like to mention. Sometimes we gossip about others by bringing prayer points. We can pray for people without gossiping, but sometimes we gossip by saying we want to pray for them. Let's be careful because they are not the things that God is happy with. Gossip is, according to the scriptures, one of those seven things that the Bible says God detests. If you want to build a great friendship, you need to learn to listen. Okay, you must listen to your friend. You must be a good listener. A good listener is the person who gives their attention to hear what another person is saying without thinking of how to fix it. Because if somebody is telling you something and it's going in your mind, how can we solve this problem? You're not going to listen to the deeper thing that concerns or bother that person. So let's learn to be a good listener. To hear what is being said, not what you think is being said or what you expect them to say, but really be a good listener. And listen with empathy, putting yourself in their shoes. To make a good friend, you should learn to accept their flaws. Who here is perfect and has no flaws at all? There is none. 
And if you say you are, I would like to meet up with you to have and tap your anointing so that I'll be flawless. We're all flawed creatures. We have fallen. We are broken people that God keeps from, and, and like Pastor Greg said last, last week, we are broken people who keeps breaking things. And we should just allow God to break our brokenness. So let's, let's accept that if you want to make good friendship, you need to accept the flaws in your friend. Uh, when I was in medical school, my roommate is the most careless person. And, and I can tell you stories and stories to justify that statement. Um, one example is we, we have a reading room in the hall of residence that people gather in the evening and you read and you go back to your room. My friend was wearing a flip-flop and wore it to the reading room. Another person was wearing his own. My friend took one of the pair of another person's with one of his own and went back to the room, dropped them there, wear another shoes back to the reading room. And this other man was ready to go and was frantically looking for his shoes, of course. And until I went back to the room later in the evening that I saw that, and he was totally, he totally forgot. The only, and we were roommate for about four years out of five. The only reason we were good roommates is I just, no, that when it comes to carelessness, that's him. And it didn't bother me. In fact, we have a saying that, well, it's because he's this guy. I don't expect anything better. So if I, if I find my book where it shouldn't be, I don't even ask him, did you take it? Because I just assume he did. And I could even hide some of my own fault under his because he's so careless. But we were good friends because I accepted his flaw, and I'm sure he accepted my flaw. That's the way we can. If we keep pointing out to people's flaw, we will not be good friends. The problem about pointing out to people's flaw is that it doesn't actually change them. It actually makes them worse because they become very defensive. Um, another way of building good friendship is to learn to celebrate one another. Celebrate your friends. Not only good things, but bad things in their life. Their achievement, their losses, their sorrow, because the Bible says that we should do that. Weep with those who are weeping, mourn with those who are mourning, but also rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And when we are rejoicing and celebrating, let's be careful that we're not becoming very envious. Let's be, let's be careful that we're not, in a way, angry inside of us that something has happened good to your friend and it hasn't happened to you. Questioning yourself, why, why am I not in that level? No, rejoice sincerely with them. And the last way of building a good friendship is to bring out the best in your friend. Learn to bring out the best in your friend. Be the one who will notice their potentials, will notice 
their capacity and capability. We notice what they can do and encourage them so that they will flourish in it. If you can do this, you will build good friends. The best place to build good friendship is in the church. And I know we have a big church, and that's why it's important for you to be part of the transformed community, because you will have a good opportunity of building good friends. And if you are not a part of any community, fortunately, Ronald has just walked in. He's at the back, and you can speak to him after this morning service. But that's friendship between man and man, or woman and woman, or I'm using the term man generically now. The best friendship you can have is with God. That's the best friendship. The most important friendship you can ever build in your life is friendship with God. To be God's best friend. And that should be our goal. That should be our aim. Every waking period of our lives to be God's best friend. The, there's, a, there's a hymn that talks about uh, there's no friend, there's not a friend like a lowly Jesus. No, not one. He's with you in your period of struggle. He takes your sins away. He does many things to you. And another hymn talks about what a friend we have in Jesus Christ. All our griefs, and sins is available to bear for you. So your best friend, the best friendship you can build is friendship with God. Why? Because that is the purpose of God for making man. He wants us to be his friend. The Bible says that in, in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, that in the beginning God made us in our own image so that we can relate with him. We can be his friend. And Genesis chapter 1 and 2 give you a perfect understanding of how God intended his word to be. And that's where God is going to restore his word back to. But in chapter 3, we saw that man fell. Satan came. And that was because of our disobedience. That's because of our trying to be independent of God. So we became broken. That ideal relationship that God has in mind for man and himself became broken because of the sin. But praise be to God. Because Jesus created, uh, God created another way of restoring that relationship through Jesus Christ. He was brutally bruised on the cross. He shed his blood. He didn't have to, but he chose to <clears throat> so that our friendship with God could be re restored. That is the purpose of Christ coming. And he fulfilled that purpose without flinching. He fulfilled that purpose without complaining. The Bible says that he was like the lamb before the share. He did not open his mouth. When you look at the trial of Jesus, you can, you, when I first, as a young, energetic Christian, I was reading that scripture about how Jesus 
was tried and tested and hearing people telling lies about him. And he did not say anything. Even the, the place that bothered me most at that time was in front of Pilate. When Pilate was questioning him and it looked like he was going to release him and he did not answer a word. I was angry. Why wouldn't you talk? But he didn't talk because he had a mission. And that mission was to save us, to bring us and restore our friendship with God. His blood on the cross, his body that was bruised, redeemed us and brought us back into relationship with God. That's why the Bible says that the love of Christ compels us, that we must bring others so that they can enjoy that relationship. Because it cost Christ a lot on the cross for us to be restored back to him. What are the benefits of becoming God's friend? If you are God's best friend, these are the benefits you get. You get to be called friend of God. I mean, if you are, why does that matter? If you are, if you are called friend and sincerely friend of Bill Gates or friend of Prince William or friend of, talk about any footballer you like, you'll be proud because God is the almighty is the creator of heaven and earth. Everything is in his control. And he calls you his friend. I think it's a great benefit. And that benefit comes with lots of opportunities as a friend of God. You get to get into his presence. You know, in, Matthew, in John 15, chapter 15, he says, I haven't called you servant. I have called you friend. The Greek word that was originally used for that is the same word as that was used for, that was translated to best man in a wedding. You know, the best man is in a wedding, apart from the bride and the groom, is about the other important, most important person. He gets to see everything. He gets to know everything. He gets to even speak at the wedding when no other person is allowed. That, even the mother of the bride is not allowed to speak at the wedding. But the best man does all those things. I have intimate relationship with the couple. That is the kind of opportunity that you have by being the friend of God. It's like having access to the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I mean, if you have direct access to our coin, I'm sure you'll be very, very proud about that. And we're talking about the God of the coin. That is the person you have access to because he has chosen to be your friend. The other thing that you benefit from becoming the best friend of God is your anxiety is taken away. It says, it says all our griefs and sins he came to bear. And he says, cast all your burdens for I care for you. If you find yourself constantly being anxious without recourse to God, then check yourself. You are unlikely to be friend of God. As a friend of God, when anxiety rises in your heart, you turn it over to your friend because he has your back covered. You get to know the secret thing 
by being friend of God. The Bible talks about secret things belong to God and he has revealed it to those he wishes. You get to know things that is going to happen in the world. You, you get to understand things that is beyond the ordinary people by being friend of God. Now, how can you become friend of God? To become God's friend, you have to make knowing him your priority. If you want to be God's best friend, you have to make knowledge of God and relationship with God your number one priority. You have to create time. You have to create and make effort, like we said, even in making friendship with your hardly human being. To make friends and become God's best friend, you have to create time. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that should be your number one priority. When you wake up in the morning, you relate to God, you talk to him through the study of his word. He talks back to you. You need to make time for God. If the only time you meet God is here on Sundays, that's not going to be enough. You cannot say your best friend is somebody you see once a year. And somebody, I think it was Rick Warren or somebody who said that those people on your Facebook that you refer to as friends, they're not your friend, they're just acquaintances. Some of them don't even know anything about you. They just say, they just tick love or uh, respond by liking what you post. They, they haven't even read it. But so that they can like something, they just click I like. People that are distant from you, people that you don't talk to, they can't be your best friend. And so if you don't create time for God, it's going to be difficult for him to be your best friend. To be God's best friend, you, need to, you have to care about what God cares about. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He loved the people of this world. You have to care about people. Because that is what God loves. God loves people. God loves righteousness. God loves holiness. So to be a friend of God, you have to care about those things that God cares about. Your value must be God's value if you really want to be God's friend. James 4.4 4 says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever wishes to be a friend of this world has decided to make God his enemy. So if worldliness is what you live for, materialism is what you live for, things of this world is your main concern, you can't be friends of God. And if you want to be best friend of God, you need to obey God. You must obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And thankfully, God's commandments are not burdensome. He said it. If you love me, you will keep 
my commandment. John 14, 15. And you have to talk constantly with God. You have to maintain conversation with God. And how do we do that? Praying. In First Thessalonians, in chapter 5, verse 17, it says we should pray always. And to pray always does not require you closing your eyes. Or You can pray as you talk to yourself. Reflect it to God. Pray without ceasing. That's what the Bible says. And the last and the most important way of building, of becoming the best friend of God, is to learn to trust God. You have to learn to trust God because you trust your heartly friend. That's why they're your friend. You need to trust God. God is trustworthy. God is reliable. You know how I know? God is absolutely powerful. God is absolutely loving. God is absolutely merciful. He has the capacity to do things for you he has the ability to do things for you, but he's also willing to do it for you. So that's how I know you can trust God. You can trust him with everything because he knows about everything, even beyond what you do know. He can take care of everything beyond how you plan to take care of it because you are only finite. You only know up to a certain level, but God knows far beyond. The Bible says God knows the end of a matter from the beginning. And he has the control of the whole world. The resources of heaven and earth is under his control. So it is foolhardy for us not to trust God. And if you trust God, he can undo whatever you bring to him. Trust him in all. Tell him anything and everything. God can undo it. It says, catch all your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. That's Psalm 55, verse 22. As I finish, and I will invite the music people to come. The starting point for you, if you haven't known Christ, is to accept the offer that we have been singing about, the love that God has laid out for us, that love that made Christ to voluntarily go to the cross. That is the starting point if you have never been a friend of God. He says, you are my friend if you do what I command you. Jesus is inviting you this morning to love him and to know him. And when you do, you will become the friend of, of God. And peradventure, you have at one point known about the friendship and the love of God, but you have walked away from him. The Bible says in Jeremiah fifteen nineteen, if you return, then I will bring you back and you will stand before me. God is able and is willing to have you back as his friend. Let's bow our heads as we pray. 
I don't know how you can describe your relationship with God, but you do know. Are you confident to say God is my friend? Or do you have doubt when you say or if you say such thing? If you have doubt, you can take that doubt away this morning by recommitting yourself to Jesus Christ. God has made a way for us to become his friend and that is through Jesus Christ. While everybody's head is bowed and eyes are closed, if this is your first time of establishing a relationship with God and making him your best friend through Jesus Christ and you want to do that this morning, can you just raise your hand? Thank you for the two people at the back. That's the best decision you can make. Making yourself and creating the opportunity for yourself to be a friend of God. It's a friend indeed. It's a friend that is closer than a brother. It's a friend that will be with you when every other person walks away from you. It's a, bread, it's a friend that when your life comes to an end, he will not be ending the relationship with you. He's going to carry on the relationship into eternity. That's the best you can do. Thank you for making the decision. Is there anybody else? And if you have ever made that decision before, but you think you are shallow or you are drift you have drifted away you can renew it this morning as you talk to him as i read from that jeremiah chapter 15 if you come back to him he will have you the bible says that jesus jesus said it no one comes to me in any way will i cast them out and for those of us who have established friendship with God. Let's pray for ourselves that from today onwards, I will have a renewed level of friendship with my God. It will be my number one priority. Father, we thank you for this money, for the entrance of your word gives light and understanding. And we appreciate it. Thank you for the life that you have touched today. And thank you for many more lives that you are going to touch. Even by the preaching of this word of God today. Your word is true. And I pray that it will be true in our lives. It will help us to connect with you in a way that will bless your name and will enable us to get to where you intend us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.